Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, it is Friday before the first football game of the season. You have made it. Whatever you've got to do. Wrap yourself up in bubble wrap. Stay inside. Do not go anywhere. Live 24 more hours and you can watch college football. Well, hell, you could have watched it. One, you could have watched it the night before. You could watch it on Thursday night as you're listening. That's true. That's true. But the game that you all really care about is, is finally here. Is finally here, uh, and we will. It is time for the three Ps. They are back. But no, you said yesterday it's really four Ps. What's the fourth one? I forgot. Podcast. Right. It's a three P podcast. That's so it's four. technically four Ps. And I guess actually. If first thing you do in the morning is wake up and click play, yeah. and then you go to the bathroom and so pee. So you're going to play our preview playmaker prediction podcast, and then while you pee, while you pee. So that's five p's. What if you have pancakes? <laughs> With some pomegranates, you know, plums, plums. I like plums and pancakes. Peaches, really. peaches, peach pancakes. Yeah, that could that could totally work. Oh, you could have all kind of pee action going on here. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, so game week. I was half wanting to do like a Michael Scott and throw another <laughs> p word in there and just like look real awkwardly at the camera, which is, doesn't exist. Uh, before we get started on the three p's, though, it's time to uh, thank you guys for listening. We always appreciate it. If you're at supertalk.fm or anywhere you're getting podcasts, we love you, especially our servicemen and women out there uh, taking care of us across the globe. I want to thank our sponsor for Strange Brew, from Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. They'll never let you down. They're so like Rick Rick Astley. Never gonna never gonna give you up, never gonna let you down. Did you see uh Yes. The the, the, the Padres the Padres That's right. Rick, Good. That, that was outstanding. Good. Bunch of band, bandwagon Red Sox fans getting trolled. Love it. <laughs> like look at well, I I would be willing to pay I I could go to those Red Sox fans and be like, I will give you a hundred dollars if you can pick Mike Greenwell out of a lineup of three. <laughs> There are some fan bases that I just yeah. yeah. The Cubs are another one, and I, and and sorry, Jennifer. Hey, Dad. She's she, she she's been a Cubs fan, but there. You, you know how I can prove my wife's Cubs fandom. You know who her favorite player was? Go uh, for it. Who was back in the day? Damon Barry Hill. Oh, hey, manager, brave too. manager of the Gwinnett Stripers. Yeah, Triple A affiliate of the Atlanta Braves. She, she liked him. Yeah, and, um, and Grace, Mike, Mark Grace too. Uh was that OCH back two or three years ago? It's when the Cubs were so, you know, the year they won the series. Yeah. 2016. And I was talking to a guy, claimed to be a diehard Cubs fan. And uh, he was like, you know, in, in our, our, our third baseman, what's his, uh, he couldn't think of like Chris Bryant. And I yeah, that's rough like, there. Dude, I'll tell you you're a funny, diehard Cubs fan. Funny wanna... story, then we'll get into. You remember Hunter Richardson? He used to be SID for baseball. Yeah. So, so, so he's a huge Cardinals fan, right? One day I was at Lost Pizza, and he was in line in front of me and did not see me. And it was me and Jennifer. And I was like, look, that guy's a big Cardinals fan. Let's let's have a little fun here. And so I said, so, I know you're excited about the Cubs winning the World Series as loud as I could. And she goes, oh, my God, it was so exciting. And I watched his shoulders just slump in front of me. He was just like, you could see him like, oh. <laughs> I was like, man, that Chris Bryant is something else. And at this point, he turns around, and I'm just looking at him. And he's like, I knew it was you. <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know why that is stuck in my head, but it was so funny watching, anyway, moral, watching him. Moral of this story, folks out there, don't be a bandwagon fan. Yeah, don't. Just, just love your team, ups, downs. I mean, I'm a Dolphins fan right now, and it just 
for the last two decades basically makes you want to drive your head through a wall. But, hey, I'm still on board. And one day, <coughs> I don't know when that day will be. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it won't come when I'm on this side of the ground. Mm-hmm. But one day, success will come. And if I'm alive to see it, I'm going to really enjoy that. Yeah, there you go. All right. Let's talk MSU versus Louisiana. Not Louisiana Lafayette. Not ULL. Not Lafayette. U- the University of Louisiana. You know who gets mad about that, by the way? Everybody else in Louisiana. LSU fans don't like it because, obviously, there they are the flagship university of that state. But, like, UL Monroe and those, they don't like it either. It's like, why are you ahead of us? It doesn't make sense. Well, apparently, on their own website, it yeah. says University of Louisiana, and then in smaller letters, Lafayette. Lafayette. So, anyway. Anyway, it doesn't, it doesn't matter that much. It doesn't matter what your name is. Let's see here. Uh, this team a season ago, 7-7. Seven and seven, Played 14 games because they uh, won the uh, big, sorry, the Sun Belt West then they lost in the conference championship game, but then they won uh, their bowl game, I believe. So they were 7-7 seven and seven overall. Interesting team. Return a lot of experience. A lot of... of if you look at their, their starting lineup, this is their starting lineup. It's interesting. Redshirt senior, redshirt senior, redshirt junior, redshirt senior, redshirt senior, redshirt senior, redshirt senior, redshirt senior, redshirt junior, junior, redshirt junior. Those guys have played a lot of snaps. The thing that would concern me is that of those... Five offensive linemen. You've got two. You've got one, two, three, four redshirt. I'm sorry, all five of them are redshirt seniors. Only one is a returning starter, though. So a lot of, of guys who I'm sure have played and seen the uh, seen action, but none of only one of them is a returning starter. They do return uh, Trey Regis as their leading rusher a season ago. Rushed for 1181 yards and eight touchdowns. And behind him, Elijah Mich- Mitchell. Rush for 985 yards and 13 touchdowns. So that is a combination that rushed for over 2,000 yards, right at six yards per carry, 21 touchdowns on the ground. A very good duo. Not bad on the area. They combined for 45 catches for over 500 yards and five touchdowns. Levi Lewis is the returning is the starting quarterback, not the returning quarterback. He is he was their backup a season ago. 37 to 59, 63%, seven touchdowns to two picks. Leading receiver on the team from a season ago was Raheem Malone. Is he still back? He is not. Leading returning receiver is going to be Jamarcus Bradley. Where's he from? Ackerman, Mississippi. There you go. Tell you what, man. He's going to be full of piss and vinegar. He's going to come through. Piss counts. Oh, yeah. That's two then. I just said it again, didn't I? Yeah. Anyway, you don't get born and bred in Ackerman. And again, I don't know if he was born in Ackerman, but I know where he came up. You don't get that Ackerman in your system. Mm Mm-hmm. And not show out. He's going to have a big game. Have you talked to him this week? Have you tried to? I, I actually did. I think Danny did. Okay. Or Danny was going to. Danny I, I, P. Smith. Danny P. What's Robbie's middle name? All the Star Daily News guys, we got to give them some these middle names. I did know the answer to this. We but need to I, find I, out. I have forgotten. Jamarcus Bradley was a good receiver. We for could the, just make him Rob E. Yeah, that's true. 40 catches, 608 yards, 10 touchdowns for the Mississippi native. Former Ackerman Brave? Ackerman Brave. What were the Ackerman? The Indians. Yes. I just think of you, and I see the Braves, and it's just, you know. I'm I mean, sure they... We, we did do the Tomahawk Chop with the Indians, so there's that. So well, there you go. Some similarities. Yeah, yeah. Use the Braves A on some logos. There you go. <coughs> uh, this is an offense last year. You know, Billy Napier, I, I was impressed with him as a, as a play caller. Last year, his first couple of series against Mississippi State, they had success moving the football, and then talent took over. Um but Napier has been a, a great play caller. He was good at Alabama. He was good at Arizona State for the year that he was there. Uh, a very balanced offense, 218 on the ground, 205 uh, in the air. So, I mean, 
You know, nothing you can key on as, as far as that goes. Offensively, this is a team I think can be very successful against, you know, Sunbelt and, and those kind of Conference USA kind of teams. Against Mississippi State, I don't think they'll see as much success. Defensively for the Cajuns, they weren't good a season ago. We'll just, we'll just sort of put it that way. Uh, they gave up f- over 430 yards per game. Um, just not a, uh, a very solid defense up and down. Of course, they gave up 56 points uh, to Mississippi State a season ago in a game that saw Nick Fitzgerald complete 67% of his passes, I believe. So that gives you an idea of you know some of the, the shortcomings this team had uh, defensively. Looking at their schedule uh, from last year, um, oh, they don't have that. Wow, Jim Howe is slacking. Doesn't have their, 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 their month from last year. What? How is that even possible, sir? How could you disappoint me like this? Let me see this here. Let me go to Mississippi State, Louisiana. Aha! It's because he... I was wrong to doubt Jim Howe. It's because he has one for Louisiana Lafayette, and then when they changed the name to Louisiana, he gave, one. he gave him a new column. Wow. But they gave up... Attention to detail. That guy's wife must be the most annoying woman in the world that he spends this much time doing this. It's it's incredible. He has a database with every college football score in it. How? What? How much free time does that take? We were talking about a team last year gave up 56 to State, 56 to Alabama, 50, uh, 38 to New Mexico State, even though that was in a win, 43 to Arkansas State, that was in a win, 38 to South Alabama, but that was in a win. Their, their offense bailed them out time after time. And what that tells you is that in a game where their offense is going to be challenged, it's going to be difficult for them to be to to keep Mississippi State from going up and down the field. Look, the Cajuns have one chance to win this game. They've got to be about plus two or three in the turnover margin at yeah. least. I mean, that's it. That, that's their path to win to, to win the game. And and quite frankly, that's going to be the path for probably the first three opponents on Mississippi State's schedule to win the game. If State wins the turnover battle, I think State's going to win the first three games pretty easily. Um, and they're good enough to even lose a turnover battle and win those games. We'll but if State does have turnover palooza or something, in that instance, then you could draw up a scenario for an upset. But I, I, I don't think there's any other path. You know, I, I, I don't see uh, Louisiana. I'll go ahead and be politically correct for them. I don't see them coming out and just you know running the ball up and down the field and then slowing down State too. I, I don't. I don't think they're just going to out talent and out coach and, out and just beat State. It's not going to happen. Uh, they're going to need to to win the turnover. Ball. If State just protects the football and plays an average game, State wins the game. Bottom line. I agree with that 100. Uh, percent And I think State will play beyond an average game. I think State's going to be very sharp in this game. I really have a feeling that Joe Moorhead has been. He's really going to have everything fine-tuned for this game because he needs a big win and he needs Tommy Stevens to have a big game to get everybody to take a deep breath and, and, and let's let the season happen. If State goes out there and wins, and they could put up points easily just by running the football, but if they go out there and they win 35-17 and Stevens on the day is 12 of 21 138 yards and a touch and a pick. People are going to lose their minds. Just straight up. It's going to be overreactions all over the place. People are going to lose it. Probably right here on the things that are true. Which well, are, I, which I don't is, know that's how much I would, but I would have some. I'd be like, it, it, something's not right. It, it, it just it doesn't seem to be. Especially when you look back a year ago, you think how Fitzgerald was successful. So my thought process is that 
Moorhead has probably put a little more oomph into this game than you normally would for an opener against a Sunbelt opponent. Also, it doesn't hurt that it's on the road. That gives you a little extra focus, a little extra, you know, a little extra, you know, chip on the shoulder and play, you know, in front of somebody else's fans. Uh, I don't know, evidently not many of them. I don't know if you saw that article yesterday from The Advocate. Only 14,000 tickets have been sold to this game. Wow. Now, they are stay at the, the upper decks are not available for this. But even so, that's Louisiana was given 41,000 tickets. And that, that 14,000 includes MSU's sales, too. Now, there could be a huge walk-up crowd, and, and, I, I, and you know, the secondary market and all that kind of stuff. I get that, but that was a surprising number. I thought the state might take 14,000 fans by themselves. Uh, we'll see how it pans out uh, down the road. But there's something else that for Moorhead to play with as a motivational technique. I think, this, I think State's going to be very sharp offensively, and then defensively, I believe they'll just overwhelm v- via talent uh, that, that Louisiana Lafayette uh, offense. Now, we don't know who all is going to play. Is it that, the, that may be the – is that the biggest storyline of the, of the day, really? I, I mean, I know that if you're on message boards and if you have Gene's page subscriptions and if you have all the – I mean, I know that we kind of know <laughs> or kind of have a good idea of some of the guys that may not be out there. But is that kind of the biggest – I guess the game being the first game of the year overrides that a little bit, but that's the biggest secondary storyline of the day, right? Yes, because we don't know, and we're going to have to. I think somebody mentioned this the other day. What if there are fourteen people suspended? We're not going to know until next week. Who's who? Who's who? Right? And so it's almost it's sort of it sort of sucks for the guys. You know, there might be some guy who just. He missed a class back in the in the the fall, or but he's going to look like one of he's going to look yeah the ten yeah and he's going to look like one of the ten, and so I feel bad for those players because you know they don't they they don't ha- they don't deserve that. I'm almost not if I'm Morehead I'm I might not suspend anybody but those ten because that way you don't have to do that and you can just say like look you know maybe next week you'll be suspended or or just down the road Abilene Christian is somebody made a good point would you do this by the way I, I think it was Paul Jones who said this. Some of these suspensions. We've been talking about, like, do you just do all eight or you split them up four here, four? Just do the first seven in Abilene Christian. And then you get them back for A&M, Arkansas, Alabama, uh, and Ole Miss. The only thing that I'm kind of iffy on to do it that way is I know this probably isn't the popular opinion to, to forfeit a game, basically. And I don't know that you would be forfeiting a game if you did this, but... I'm all for sitting these guys out against Bama. You're not winning that game. I, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you. So uh, that, that would be – I would just punt that game because you could go all systems go and still get beat by three scores. So why not just go ahead and and uh, put yourself in an even greater hole? You're probably going to lose anyway. That's what I would – that may not be fair or whatever, but I'd probably look at things that way. But So I don't know how State will do it, but you're, you're right that – Whoever's put on this list of suspended for violation of team rules, it's going to kind of look like everybody was involved in, in Tudor Gate. Um, kind of makes you a little bit feel bad. I don't know if feel bad's the right word, but like Nick Weatherspoon, I mean, he's the only basketball player. Right. So you, you, start, so you just know who he is. You just know who it is. Yeah, and so yeah. these other. Even without confirmation, you just sort of know. And, and these other 10 guys, I mean, you'll kind of probably know, but. I don't know. It's kind of 
I, yeah. I get why state has to handle it the way they handled it. Um, FERPA and I, I know all the ins and outs. I'm not criticizing but anybody, but it's just it's just sort of dumb. Yeah, I really do. I really do believe that there there should be some sort of to to a certain extent uh, with injuries. I don't want it. You know, HIPAA I agree with, but like with FERPA, I believe if you commit an NCA violation, you should lose your right to privacy. There should be just be a simple. You know, if you commit a violation, you you lose those rights. Simple as that. And I, I don't see how you can disagree with that. To be honest with you. Um. For me, though, like uh, getting back to the, the preview of this game, I won't be surprised if, if Louisiana has some success offensively. They, they did a season ago, uh, early in the go, early in the game. And but. let's not forget, State's got to figure out some things defensively. Yeah. I mean, whether it's with suspensions or whether it's with, I mean, even if they were all systems go, there were still going to be questions about the the interior of that defensive line. You know, there there's there still going to be some question marks there. You know, even if there weren't suspension. So, I mean, state state's got to learn to live life without Sweat, Simmons, and Abram in this game. Yeah. So, I mean, that that, that was already going to kind of be a something was, to whoever, watch anyway. whoever you play. Yeah. That's going to be the problem. So, yeah, we'll see where it takes Mississippi State defensively. I, I think I think Louisiana could have some success maybe early on, but State will eventually pull away and pull away big late in this game. For a playmaker, I'm going to go first here. And how can you not pick Tommy Stevens? Yeah. Uh, I, I think I said this the other day. Morehead's got a shiny new toy. All right, you don't buy a Ferrari. You don't buy any car, and then put it in the and garage. Then put it in the garage. Yeah. You know, you're gonna drive that thing around. I won't be. This could be a game where we get a little, a little tense about how many carries Kylan Hill is getting because I think State's going to want to push the passing game in this game. Want to check out those receivers. Want to see if some of the things we've thought about in the past of, okay, it's the receivers. It's not the receivers' fault. Okay, let's find out. New quarterback supposedly throws the ball better. Pitch in the hands, I'm not gonna have a lot of sympathy for Stephen Gidry anymore. Yeah. For 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 Osiris Mitchell anymore. And aside from all that, with Tommy Stevens, you want him I mean, this is his first start ever. You know, <laughs> you want him to to uh to go out there and develop a sense of comfort too. This isn't just showing off the new toy. It's getting the new toy comfortable <laughs> with his surroundings and a game environment. Um, you know, got the first home game coming up the following week. You want him to be settled in by that point. And of course, it won't be long for your in the heart of SEC play. So you want to get Tommy – I think he's already comfortable. I mean, we've seen that he's a mature, level-headed guy. I don't think he's going to be one that gets out there and loses his cool and starts trying to force things or anything like that. But, I mean, he's only human. I'm sure the heart rate's going to go up a little bit. You want him to go ahead and, and settle in and, and get some confidence going. Maybe come out of this game with a 65% completion percentage and right. feeling good about himself. I think I mentioned this the other day that I'm going to judge Tommy Stevens for the early going – after the first three games. You go back and look at last year. State was sub-50% against uh, an FCS team, passing, sub-50% against Kansas State, and then he had a, big, a good game against Lafayette. This year, you've got two of those teams are the same, and then USM is an upgrade, obviously a big upgrade, over an FCS team. So, so last year, I mean, it had to be sub-50% total, or at least right at 50%. I don't, I don't have it in front of me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up this weekend. That's part of my plan. So if we come out of week three and state is at 62, 63%, you feel a lot better. You know, I, you'd feel better at anything, really. You'd feel better at 56, 57%. You, you would probably say, okay, they're probably going to struggle a bit, but at least it's, it's better. If he's at 63, 64%, you're going to really, think they're in good shape. That's after week three. I'm not going to judge that after week one. But Stevens is going to throw the ball. I, I, I won't be surprised to see him get 30-plus uh, attempts. Yeah. 
to be honest with you. Yeah, and this is a game that you should start to run away with anyway. So you don't want Kyle and Hill out there running the ball for 200 yards and right, right, right. getting carry after carry. I mean, you want to get I'm, Nick Gibson involved a little bit. One more guy. You want to get Lee Witherspoon some carries. I, that's the guy. That might be the if, guy. If, if he's going to play, you want to get him some that carries. That might be the new player I'm the most excited about seeing. You know, Even more than Peyton or Isaiah Zuber or even Stevens. I'm most excited because I've been told he looks like Nick Chubb. <laughs> I want to see that in action. What what is the, what happens if on the first play? You remember last year, the uh, the first play of the season was a fifty yard touchdown. Now I don't think Nick Lee Weatherspoon is going to be out on the field for the first play. But what if his first touch he just takes it to the house, seventy five yard run? We're all going to be looking around at each other, going, "Were they were they telling the truth? <laughs> is is this about to be the story of the season?" It could be something to watch. Just that—that's the guy I have the most excited, excited for. Is Stevens also your playmaker, yes, or do you want to go no, a different no way? It's, it's Tommy all the way. I, I mean, he—he's where all the eyeballs will be this weekend. And I, I know I'm swayed a little bit by by getting to talk to him, like like we get to, and and just to see his confidence and his. I mean, he has like a quiet sense of swagger about him. Like he he feels like he has finally earned this after. I mean, because let's be honest, he's come up short in some QB battles in his career. He feels like he has finally ascended the mountaintop, but yet he doesn't have a cockiness about it. There is a confident aura that surrounds him when we talk to him, and I'm interested to see how that translates to the field. I agree. I'm I'm I'm, I'm very excited to uh, to see Stevens, Weatherspoon, some of the Peyton. I want to see if what we saw in practice translates to the field. And honestly, all the receivers I'm interested in seeing. Yeah. Because I want to see if they got better. And I want to see if the if the quarterback was indeed the problem. Because if, I'm telling you, if they drop passes, if Mitchell and Gidry are dropping passes this year, A, I'm going to be ruthless about it. But B, I think they're going to sit the bench because I think you've got Peyton and Zuber and these other guys. and you got to make a change at that point. Yep. you got to. Devontae Jason, somebody, you know, got to take over there. We'll see. All right, guys. It's prediction time. Friday's podcasts are always short, but... Well, I mean, at hitting. this point, we've been talking about this for three months. By the way, I learned so. yesterday, I used the term hay in the barn, because I said all the hay is in the barn at this point, and I learned out that Rippy doesn't know why hay goes in a barn. I mean, he's just, hey, was he born in the state? All, all, all of these all of these Ole Miss-related media people, why are they the way they are? Buddy, you're, you're, you're <laughs> preaching to the choir, especially that. That's, oh. that's savagely scoundrel. Ben Garrett. Dastardly <laughs> Ben Garrett. Oh, uh, man. Prediction I, time. For, for anyone that didn't catch that, that, that was uh, sarcasm. I actually don't have a problem with. As far as I know, I don't, I don't have any issues with anyone on the Ole Miss beat. I don't either. But, but anyway, uh, State's winning this game, and they're going to win it pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that State defensively will have to work out some kinks against a pretty experienced offense. That's that's very I, fair. I, I think that this isn't going to be some, you know, something to three beat down. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think that the Cajuns will get in the end zone a couple times. I, I'll give them seventeen. I'll I think State will have a big day offensively though. I'll say forty nine seventeen. Okay. Uh, one of my favorite guys to follow on Twitter is Brian CTP. Do you follow him? Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I, well, I don't know if I follow him or not. You but I, I am aware of who his, you were speaking of. His humor is so dry; it's just, it's just great. However, this week, now last week, year he had some, he had, he did really well betting. This week, he's been really pushing Ole Miss plus five and a half and Louisiana plus twenty and a half. And buddy, I'm just not seeing it. I think Ole Miss is going to lose that game, and I don't think they're going to be within five points. I think they'll lose by at least a touchdown. 
And I think State's going to cover that. I mean, if you tell me you can take Louisiana plus 20 and a half, uh, and I think he also he was going to take the over at 60. Okay. So you're telling me that State could would win you know, at 38, 20? No, I don't see that at all. I don't, or not even 38, 20, but you know. Yeah, I think he took the over. So if he took the over, it would be 42. I don't see Louisiana getting 20 points. I just don't. I, I think State's going to win this and win it relatively easily. Uh, I got State winning this one 42 to 14. My final score. Early touchdown, late touchdown for, for Lafayette. Yeah, we're out there in the same neighborhood so, together. But Brian, that said, you're still one of my favorite Twitter followers. Continue fighting the good fight, sir. It's good stuff. Monday's show, there will be things that are true to talk about. We One, one of them is going to be, I'm going to eat really good in New Orleans. But other than that, we got we'll, we'll see what the game brings us. Follow me on Twitter this week. I'll have uh, plenty of coverage, as will Joel. But, you know, since Super Talk pays the bills here, we'll push mine. Uh, but we'll have pregame Periscope, postgame Periscope, uh, video from Joe Moorhead's postgame press conference, my, uh, any, uh, my, my thoughts on the game afterwards, and, of course, Sunday night, hopefully a Victory Sunday podcast and a uh, return. Now, that said, let's go ahead and let you know, I mean, we're going to have to drive back from New Orleans. Well, Joel doesn't. Joel's leaving Saturday. But yeah, I'll be back on Saturday night. <laughs> I will be back Sunday afternoon. So we might might be a late podcast, but we'll get it up as quickly as we can and discuss week one. We finally have real games to talk about uh, on the next Thunder and Lightning. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.